Hello, I'm Ray with another podcast episode. Where are we? 10 past 7, Friday morning, 23rd September 2022. The weather is raining. It started about an hour ago, pouring with rain. I thought it was going to be a nice day today. Not to worry. Barometric pressure, if you're interested, 10-15 millibars. 15 degrees centigrade, which is 59 Fahrenheit. So not too warm. No wind at all. It's not, it's not cold out there. It's just autumnal, I suppose. Right. My question last Wednesday on the midweek message was, has anyone got any ideas? Loads of ideas. Uh, the Avengers TV programs, The Avengers, The Prisoner, The Saint, Thunderbirds, Benny Hill, Monty Python, The Sweeney, Randall and Hopkirk. Do you remember that? Randall and Hopkirk. Thanks to everyone for the ideas. I think the TV one's quite good, all the old programs that we used to have. I've heard from Bob, from Ed, from Jess. Hello, Jess. From, uh, also, I don't know, I've got loads of people here. Brent, Susan, or Susie, I should say. Ray. The list goes on and on. Loads of ideas. I've got a book, and I've written on the front of the book, Ideas. So there's a novel title. <laughs> and I'm, I'm writing everything down in there so I can refer to that if I get stuck. Now, I was driving along past Shoreham Harbour the other day. We'd been to Hove. I was driving back along the seafront past Shoreham and they've got all the, the boats there, the big ships there. And it just reminded me of something, something. Uh, well, have a listen. I'm going to tell you a story. See what you think of the story. Don't worry, it doesn't go on forever. <laughs> bear with, as they say, bear with, and uh, I'll tell you a little story. It was a Saturday morning in the summer back in the 70s when I went down to Shoreham Harbour to look at a friend's boat. It wasn't much bigger than a rowing boat, to be honest, with a kind of little wheelhouse on top. He'd fitted a radio into the boat and wanted me to have a look. He made a good job of it. It worked well. I praised him for that. And he said, right, let's go fishing. <laughs> now, I don't like boats. I don't like the sea. I don't like boats. I said, no, no, no. He didn't have life jackets and he only had the boat a couple of months. He wasn't experienced at all. I said, no, no, I'm busy. Sorry, I can't. I've got things to do. So he started up his little engine and off he went. I was walking back past this other boat, which was a lovely one. And there was a girl on board. She called me over. Excuse me. Do you know anything about radios? I heard you talking to that chap about radios. Do you know anything? I said, well, uh, yeah, what's the problem? Oh, mine's on the blink, she said. You couldn't have a quick look, could you? So I hopped on board her boat and had a look at the radio. Just a loose connection. One of the connections at the back had come loose, so I tightened it up. She tried the radio out, called the uh, harbour master, and it was fine. It was a beautiful boat, well-equipped, all the uh, latest electronic gear. And she was, what, mid-twenties? And I, I said, is this your boat? And she said, oh, yes, it is, yeah. I said, well, I hope you don't think I'm being rude, but... It must have cost a fortune. Oh, that's all right, she said. My father paid for it. It was my 21st birthday present. 21st birthday? I couldn't believe it. I said to her, I laughed. I wish I had a 21st birthday present like that. And she said, oh, I'm glad you like it. I'll show you around. Which she did. We went down. It's not downstairs, is it? I've got to get the terminology right. Downstairs into the lounge. She showed me the kitchen. No, it was the galley, wasn't it? She did tell me, she explained all the different parts of the boat, but I, I can't remember things like that. It was a fantastic boat, all well-equipped. She, in the lounge, she turned the hi-fi on, played some music. She said, do you want a cup of tea? 
So I said, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I wasn't in a hurry to get home, so why not? She went into the galley, put the kettle on, came out with a cup of tea and some biscuits. She was lovely. She had long black hair, really long, right the way down her back. Fantastic. She was slim. Her name was Emma. She was just so friendly. I got on with her as if we'd known each other for years. We're sitting down there in the, it's not the lounge, what is it? The uh, I forget, what is it a dinette? I can't remember. A little place. There's a table for having your meal and stuff like that. And there was a television. And we just sat there eating biscuits, drinking tea, chatting, as I say, like we'd known each other forever. She was quite tall and she was wearing jeans, flare jeans, as people did back then in the 70s. And she had like a, a blouse or a sort of white shirt on, on top, which was nice. And she just didn't look like a, I don't know, a sailor or a seafaring type person, whatever they looked like. She was just a, a very attractive young lady. This was fairly early Saturday morning. And she said, do you want to go out for lunch? I said, well, it's a bit early for lunch. She said, well, it won't be by the time we get there. Then she went up top. Is that right? Up top on deck chucked a couple of ropes off the off the boat, I don't know the terminology, came back on board, grabbed the microphone on the radio, told the harbour master, two of us going to Emsworth. Emsworth? I thought, what are, what are we doing going to Emsworth? Anyway, that was that. She started the engine and she's looking around, she's putting the thing in gear or, or whatever it is you do, and we're moving, we're off. And I said to her, hang on, I can't swim. That's right, life jackets are there, look. Oh, okay. I said, uh, I, I don't really like the sea. I don't like boats. Oh, don't worry about that. We're keeping to the shore. We won't go too far out. And you'll love Emsworth. I know a little pub there. I couldn't believe it. I'm just standing next to her on the, is it the bridge? Up the top bit, you know, where the steering wheel is and the, the stuff, the radios and compass and stuff like that. I'm standing there as we're going out of Shoreham, out of the harbour. And it was just amazing, an amazing experience. I'd gone down to look at my friend's radio on the boat. Next thing I know, I'm having a cup of tea on a beautiful boat with a beautiful girl, and then we're making our way down to Emsworth to go out for lunch. Unbelievable. On the way down, we passed Worthing Pier, which I knew well, of course. We weren't too far out. And she was telling me that she'd been sailing since she was knee-high to a grasshopper, as she put it. That's an old expression. Her dad, apparently, he was a sailor and he had a, a big yacht. So she was used to the sea. She knew about navigation. As she said, she'd been sailing most of her life. So she knew what she was doing. I could tell she knew what she was doing as we headed down past Littlehampton on our way to Emsworth. For those of you in the know, she told me, I think she said it was a 30-foot 30 30 boat, a diesel engine. Can't remember what else she said. Of course, I wasn't too interested in the boat itself. I was more interested in her. And I said to her, do you normally kind of meet people on the, the jetty and take them out to lunch down to Emsworth? She said, no, never. She said, I've never had time for relationships or anything like that. She said, but uh, you seem rather nice. So I thought we'd have lunch out together. As we arrived at Emsworth, it's a lovely place. I've been there several times since. Really a nice place. She, uh, no, it's not parked, is it? Moored the boat and did whatever she did, turned the engine off and did one or two other things. And then we made our way to this little pub that she knew about. They knew her in the pub. She said that she often went down there, had a spot of lunch, and then went back to Shoreham or wherever she went. And I, I said to her, do you work? And she said, work? No, I've got time for work. <laughs> a different world. A totally different world. We sat down in the pub 
and I realised I hadn't got any money. I said, I've only brought out a bit of loose change. I haven't got my wallet with me. I wasn't expecting this. Oh, don't worry about money. I've got money. I thought, well, I know that. I can see that. Her clothes were expensive. When I said just a pair of jeans, flared jeans, you could see they were expensive jeans. And her blouse, her top, that wasn't cheap either. I could see that. She'd obviously had a, a decent upbringing as well. She was well educated. I felt a little bit inferior, to be honest, because, well, I wasn't educated at all. And I was wearing scruffy old jeans, a bit of loose change in my pocket. I parked my old car up on the top at Shoreham Harbour. <laughs> and I felt a bit, no, not inferior, no. I suppose I felt a bit, I don't know. I don't know what I felt. A little bit in awe uh, in her presence. She was, she was fantastic. I didn't like to ask, but she had big black eyes and this jet black hair. And her skin was a little bit... Well, I don't know whether it was a suntan or whether it was natural. I wonder whether she was actually sort of from somewhere down the Mediterranean area, something like that. Perhaps her dad was Italian or something. I don't know. Or Spanish. I don't know. But she was just incredibly beautiful. We had our lunch and we chatted. She told me all about the boat and how she planned one day to sail across the Atlantic. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm certainly not going with you. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to do. After lunch, we walked around Emsworth a little bit, which was nice. Eventually got back to the, the boat and she took us back to Shoreham. It was quite, uh, what was the time, sort of mid-evening, about eight, nine o'clock or something by then. We'd had a lovely day out. I'd really enjoyed it. And she said, uh, have a drink. We went into the, was it the dinette, the lounge? And she had a fridge. And she said, well, what do you want? I've got beer. Yeah, beer will do. I had several beers. She's on the wine. And it got to about, I suppose, 11 o'clock. It was dark. And I said, I suppose I ought to make a move and go home. She said, well, you're not driving, are you? And I, I hadn't thought about it. I said, oh, no, of course, I've had a load of beer, haven't I? I can't drive. What am I going to do? She said, well, stay here. OK, I thought, right, stay here. Um, I said, well, where do I sleep? On the, on the sort of couch thing here? Oh, no, no, come in with me. <laughs> so I did. I woke up in the morning to a wonderful aroma of breakfast cooking and I could hear her. She had a radio on and she was singing away and cooking breakfast. So I got up and I said, so sorry, I overslept. Oh, don't worry about that, she said. There's the bathroom. Is it the bathroom? I think she called it the bathroom. I went in there. There was a little shower, little toilet. Fantastic. So I had a wash and got dressed, joined her for breakfast, which was really nice. And she started planning the day. She said, now, I think what we'll do, it's Sunday. She said, I think what we'll do. And I said, no, hang on a minute. I've got to go home. I've got to get some clean clothes. I haven't got any money with me. I said, I've got to get home. Right, she said, this is the plan. She kind of took control, which I liked, actually. This is the plan. She said, well, both go to your house. I'll take my car. You go in your car to your place. She said, then get in my car and we'll go and see my parents. Would you like to meet my parents? I said, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, fine. I'd only met her the day before. It wasn't even 24 hours ago, not quite. And she's taken me to see her parents. I couldn't believe it. So we went to my place. I dropped my car off, had a quick change of clothes, put on something a little bit better than worn out old jeans <laughs> and went back out to her car. An MGB, do you remember the MGB, little sports car? Wonderful. So I got in that with difficulty because I'm quite tall. And she drove to her parents' place, which was West Chiltington. Now, I don't know whether you know West Chiltington, but it's quite a well-to-do area. 
and she pulled up in this driveway of this huge house. And I was just, I don't know, I was stunned. I didn't know what to say. I was then thinking, oh my goodness, I've got to meet her parents. They're going to be posh, and I'm not. <laughs> they were lovely. Her dad, he was lovely. Her mother was lovely. She didn't call them mummy and daddy. It was not like that at all. That's what I'd expected. Oh, hello, mummy. And it wasn't like that at all. They were lovely people. We stayed for lunch. I was thinking, this is it. That's another lunch out. Wonder what I'm going to do for the evening meal. Wonder where we're going for that. After lunch, we spent most of the afternoon there on the, this huge terrace place out the back. And later on, we had high tea. We had sandwiches and a cup of tea. And it was a different world. It really was. I felt as though, I don't know, I felt as though it was a dream. Some sort of fantasy thing. I was in a dream. I just couldn't believe it. Her dad said to me, I'm surprised she's brought you home. I thought, oh dear, why is that? Am I not very good? Am I, am I common? And he said, she's never brought a boy home before, ever. And I said, oh, oh, well, why hasn't she? I wasn't quite sure what to say. Don't think she's ever had a boyfriend, her mother said. Of course, Emma laughed. She said, oh, don't be silly. Don't embarrass me. We eventually drove back to the boat. And she said, right, what we're going to do now, I'm going to cook a meal. And I'm thinking, oh, not more food. I'd had a huge lunch. And I said, I'm not that hungry, to be honest. But we had a meal anyway. Not massive, just I forget what it was. But a small meal. And then I said to her, now I've got my car stuck at my place. And I'm here with you on the boat. And I've got to go to work tomorrow. I was self-employed. And she said, what for? I said, what do you mean, what for? Why are you going to work? I said, well, to earn money. You know, unlike you, I don't have a lot of money. I've got to go and earn money. I'm self-employed. Oh, don't worry about that. I've got a surprise planned for tomorrow. And I said, well, I, I really ought to go home. I really ought to go to work tomorrow. Can we not have the surprise on Tuesday? No, 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 I've got it all planned out, she said. So I spent the night on the boat yet again. She certainly was a, an early riser. By the time I'd woken up, she'd got breakfast, she'd put diesel in the boat, she'd got everything ready for the surprise. I didn't know what the surprise was. She'd already been on the radio to the harbour chap, harbour master, told him where we're going. I didn't know where we were going. And over breakfast, I said, look, you know, I've got to go to work. I, <laughs> she said, oh, stop going on about going to work. You're with me now. You don't need to go to work. And that stuck in my mind. You're with me now. I thought, are we now together? Are we kind of girlfriend and boyfriend? Are we spending the rest of our lives together? I never have to work again. I must admit the idea appealed to me. I just thought that's rather nice. Imagine that, never having to go to work again, just sailing around on a boat, going out for meals and all, all sorts of things. But then I realised, no, I can't do that. I can't just live off her money. I had to have my own money. After breakfast, she started the engine. And off we went out of the harbour, out to sea. Don't worry, she said, it's a calm sea today. I've checked the weather. I've checked the sea. I've checked the tide. We're all OK. So again, past Worthing Pier, past Little Hampton. And I said, where are we going? Not Emsworth again. No, 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 no. Eventually, we passed Emsworth and we're in the Solent. And I said, the Isle of Wight. She said, yes, you'll love it. We're going to Wootton in the Isle of Wight. Well, as you know, since then, I've been to the Isle of Wight many times. Trish and I have been there many, many times but back then, I didn't really, I think I'd been to the island as a child, but I didn't really know the island. I'm thinking, Wootton? Where's Wootton? I soon found out. We spent several days on the island and she hired a car to get us about. And we kept going out for lunch. We kept going out for evening meals. I said to her, look, I've got to pay towards this. I don't feel comfortable. No, she wouldn't have it, which was just as well, because I didn't really have a great deal of money. 
We got to know each other really well. As I said before, it was as if we'd been together for a long time, as if we'd been together for life. We were just such good friends and we became good lovers as well. It was fantastic. But I was thinking of the future. I kept wondering about the future. What's going to happen? I didn't want to live off her, off her dad's money. I just didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know what she had in mind. Well, I sort of did know what she had in mind. She seemed to think that we were going to stay together. And I tried to have a long chat with her. Well, we did. We had a long chat. And she was just saying, oh, live for the moment, live for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's not even here yet which was a nice way of looking at things, I suppose. But I was a little bit more feet on the ground rather than head in the clouds. But I did, as she said, I enjoyed the moment. I enjoyed the day. I really enjoyed my time with her until eventually we left the island and we went back to Shoreham. That evening, as we had a meal on the boat and a few drinks, I felt as though I was being swept along on the crest of a wave, you excuse the pun, I felt I was just being swept along. I had no control over what I was doing or where I was going. I really wasn't sure what to say to her until she came out with another surprise. She said, I've got to go down to the Mediterranean to visit my sister. Come with me. And I said, that means going across the Bay of Biscay, doesn't it? She said, yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I can't swim. The Bay of Biscay, I knew then it, it was it's renowned for being really rough sea, rough passage. I didn't like the sound of that at all. And I said, look, also, I mean, how long are you going for? She said, I'm going for a month. And I said, I can't, I can't go for a month. I've really got to do, but I've got customers. I can't just let everyone down and disappear for a month. And I said, also, the sea worries me. It's one thing going to the Isle of Wight and Emsworth, but it worries me going down there. And she looked really sad. She really was, she had a tear in her eye. And I thought, oh no, you know, this is awful. I didn't know what to do. So she said, look, I'll tell you what, I've got to go and see my sister, lives down the south of France. She said, when I come back, we'll get together again. And I said, all right, that's, that sounds good. And she was saying that she'd really miss me. And, and I knew that I'd really miss her. And I stayed on board the boat that night. And the following morning, she dropped me home. And we said our, our goodbyes. And she said, I'll see you in about a month. She said, I'll, I'll come to your place and we'll carry on. And I said, yeah, I'd like to carry on. That's lovely. And she drove off. I waved as she drove down the road and I just hated it. It was awful. I just felt totally lost. It was a strange feeling. And then I thought, perhaps I should go with her. And I was in two minds. I was going to get in my car and drive down to the boat and say, it's all right, I'm coming with you. But I didn't. I knew I couldn't. I had customers. I had commitments. I had all sorts of things. I couldn't just disappear off the face of, well, off the face of Britain anyway, not the earth, for a month. I just couldn't do it. The whole episode had only lasted, what, a week, week and a half? I'd only met her about a week and a half ago. It was a strange situation. I went down the pub and uh, I told one of my lads down there, one of my friends, and he said, oh, pull the other one, rich girl on a boat. Yeah, right. And he didn't believe me. And another one of our, our group came in and he told him, oh, Ray's got some millionaire bird who owns a yacht. And this chap said, yeah, in your dreams, Ray. So I didn't tell anyone else. I've never told anyone else because it's, I don't know, it seemed to be such a fantastic story. People wouldn't believe it. About five weeks later, it was, she came back. I heard a car pull up outside. I was in the lounge and I looked out and it was the little MGB. She ran up the path 
and uh, I opened the door. She flung her arms around me. Oh, I've missed you. And she came in, told me all about her sister in the south of France. And we had quite a chat. And she said, have you come to a decision? What are you going to do? And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to cramp your lifestyle. Oh, you won't, she said. But I, you know, I knew I would. I said to her, I'm a land lover. You're a, a seafarer. <laughs> so we had a drink and a, a chat and uh, it was all very emotional. And she said, I'll never forget her parting words. If ever you decide to throw caution to the wind, you know where I am. And, you know, that's haunted me ever since. Throw caution to the wind. I like that. What would have happened? What would the outcome have been had I thrown caution to the wind and said, right, let's take off. Let's sail around the world. <laughs> let's go here. Let's go there. Let's go everywhere. I don't know. It's an interesting question, isn't it? I don't know. I went down to the harbour, uh, well, a few weeks afterwards, because I was still in two minds. I was still thinking about the wind and caution. <laughs> But the boat wasn't there. And I went one more time several weeks after that. And the boat was there. And I, I was, it was strange. I was really nervous. What should I do? Should I go? What's that record? Should I stay or should I go? I was walking along to the boat and I saw her with her dad. And I turned around and went because her dad was there and I didn't want to get, I don't know. And that was that. That's the end of that little story. <laughs> I wonder. Should we throw caution to the wind at times and just see what happens? That's a thought that's been with me forever. I do think that if we don't take risks, I mean, have you ever taken a risk? I've taken risks. If you don't take risks, you don't get anywhere. I've taken risks in the past. I've jumped in at the deep end. And sometimes I've looked back and I've thought, I shouldn't have done that. I really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Other times I've looked back and I thought that was a good move. What a result. Good idea. But of course, if you don't take any risks at all, I wonder whether we're actually going to get anywhere. Throwing caution to the wind, what would the outcome be? Well, you don't know, do you? That's the whole point. I stayed in my small world, in my small town. Uh, perhaps I was looking before I left. Do you remember that expression, look before you leap? In other words, don't go and jump over a brick wall in case there's a big big hole the other side, a pond or something the other side. So look before you leap. Is that always a good idea? I don't know. Have you taken risks? Let me know. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Taking risks. Right, TV programmes. Oh, just mention, I've heard from Janet, by the way. Oh, this is funny. Uh, someone said, you sure it's not an, a 90-year-old lady um, masquerading as, as Janet, some younger person? <laughs> and a couple of people have said, it might be a man masquerading as a, a girl in her 20s. I have actually been in touch with Janet. Um, we've both got WhatsApp, blah, blah, blah. And she is who she says she is. Hello, Janet. Or perhaps I should say she is what she appears to be. Anyway, <laughs> enough said on that. The old TV programmers from the 60s, the 70s, they were fantastic, weren't they? There's... Nothing today, as far as I'm aware anyway, to compete. Uh, Benny Hill, uh, not everyone liked Benny Hill. I thought it was lovely. It was brilliant. It was funny, but not everyone liked it. A little bit close to the mark with some of his innuendos. Um, but it was, it was light entertainment. Randall and Hopkirk, again, a bit silly. What was it? Randall and Hopkirk deceased. 
it was a bit silly. One of them was meant to be dead and he wore a white suit and he was a, a ghost and he was helping the other one in their detective agency. It, it was all a bit daft. <laughs> but again, it was light entertainment. The Avengers, that was good. Diana Rigg and Steed. I forget his name. That was good. Mrs. Peel, wasn't she, Diana Rigg? Again, it was all a bit silly. And the fights, I've watched some recently. I quite often actually go to YouTube and I look up all these old programs, just type in the Avengers and it'll come up. And I quite often watch them on telly, on YouTube. And the fights are so badly, is it choreographed? Whatever the word is, they're so badly done. You know, someone will go to hit someone else and you can see it haven't touched them at all, but the person goes flying across the room and over a desk. And with Simon Templar in The Saint, he'll have a massive fight with someone and win, of course. And then he'll stand up and his hair is immaculate. His tie is perfect. He's just had a massive fight. And yet he looks immaculate. And it's the same with the old films. Was it Sophia Loren? She'll wake up in the morning, early morning. She's just been asleep all night. She wakes up, her hair is perfect, her makeup is perfect. And you think, hang on a minute, what's going on here? I don't look like that first thing in the morning. You don't want to see. One of the other ideas that's uh, been sent in, my first car. Haven't I done that? Do you know, I've recorded now so many episodes, I have to look back to see what I've done. Sometimes someone will have an idea or I'll come up with an idea and I'll think that's brilliant. But if I look back, oh, I did that one three years ago. I don't know how many episodes there are now. I, I think well over, is it, is it 200? I don't know what it is, more than that, I think. But do keep the ideas coming. As I say, I write them all in, in my little book. Thunderbirds. Do, do you remember before Thunderbirds? Do you remember Crossroads, Crossroads Motel? Wasn't that awful? It was on in the afternoons because at the time I worked in the radio and TV workshop. We were repairing tellies and Crossroads came on, I think about four o'clock every single afternoon. And of course, we've got all the tellies on all around us. And wherever you look, there's Amy Turtle, Meg Richardson, Sandy Richardson, wasn't it, in the wheelchair. What a dreadful, <laughs> it was an awful programme. And another one, was it the BBC, did El Dorado. I think it was people living out in Spain, like Brits living in Spain. They'd moved out there. And they were trying to fit everyone in. There was a chap in a wheelchair there was, well, like the programmes these days, they have to have a drug addict, a disabled person, a person of colour, a gay person. They, they just have everyone in a, a small community. And it's just ridiculous. You don't get that. I mean, how many people in my street are drug dealers and murderers? <laughs> I don't think there are any. Correct me if I'm wrong. I remember in the TV workshop, because we worked all day Saturdays, or we worked six days a week, Thunderbirds was on in the afternoon on a Saturday, if I remember correctly. And I used to like that. I used to look forward to Thunderbirds, Lady Penelope and Parker and Brains. That was good. Again, daft. We fancy having puppets, you know, on strings. If someone came up with that idea now, you'd say, well, that's ridiculous. You can't have puppets and... <laughs> Or sort of hopping around and you could see the strings very often you could see you know he's waving his arm around or whatever and you could see the string going up and down but it was fantastic it was hugely popular thunderbirds and what were the others stingray wasn't there stingray was good i think there was it hannah hannah barbara hannah barbara cartoons i'm not sure 
but lots of really good programmes back then. And sometimes I think, well, what have we got these days? Nothing but repeats. Every single programme that seems to come on the TV is a repeat. Oh, there is a new series of Doc Martin, isn't there? Which, I don't know, it's not quite as funny somehow. I, I think they've, he has, the Doctor's mellowed a little bit and he's not quite as whatever he was. If you, know what I mean. if you watch it, you'll know what I mean. I did like The Darling Buds of May. That was good with David Jason. That was brilliant. I liked that because that was based in the 50s. So I like the, the older style programmes. But as for new programmes, I, I can't get on with these new things. What is it? X Factor and uh, the dancing one, Strictly Come Dancing. What else is there? I can't remember, but I just don't get on with them at all. It's not my thing at all. All this shouting and loud music and flashing lights and trumpets. No, give me darling buds of May any time. Do you remember on the buses with Stan and Olive? I mean, <laughs> that was ridiculous. The bus driver, that was Stan and um, I forget his, his mate's name, the conductor. Oh, Jack, wasn't it? They were always after the young girls. I mean, these were men in their 40s and they were always chasing the young clippies, as they called them, the, the conductoresses. And these were sort of teenage or early 20s girls and they're all falling in love with these old men in their 40s. It was ridiculous. But again, it was a good programme. You know, it was a bit of fun, wasn't it? The Lightly Lads. Do you remember that? Someone's mentioned that. That was Steve. Hello, Steve. Yes, The Lightly Lads. That was good. But again, a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they're all a bit silly. Everything's a bit silly. Tarzan. I remember that in the 60s. Tarzan, that was quite good fun. I liked that, uh, what was it? Dastardly and Muttley. Oh, the flying machines. Do you remember that? That was a cartoon. Top Cat, of course. Top Cat was good. I used to like that. Officer Dibble. <laughs> Top Cat. Popeye. Well, Popeye the Sailor Man was brilliant. I'm just going through a list here that people have sent in. I'm not reading out everyone's names. There's too many. Uh, what else have we got here? Let's have a look. Till Death Us... Oh, Till Death Do Us Part. That was good. Oh, Stingray. Hawaii Five-O. The Clangers. <laughs> I remember that. Superman, of course, and Batman. They were very popular, weren't they? Back in the old days. There are so many. I can't read all these out. There are just too many. Spider-Man. The Monkeys. And so the list goes on. Yes, it's Brent that said, Hello, Brent. What was your first car, first record that you bought? Uh, I think I mentioned mine the other week, wasn't it? Uh, Lucky Lips by Cliff Richard. It was seven and sixpence in Woolworths. Dreadful record. What was your favourite concert? That's a question. Your best or worst job you've ever had? And television shows, which we've been talking about. It's funny how so many of you have come up with the idea of the old TV shows. I suppose back in the 50s, well, the 50s, TV was new, wasn't it? In the 60s, it was new to a lot of people. They started to get a TV in the house and watch these programmes. So it was very much part of that era, wasn't it? Whereas before, well, into the, in the 50s, it was radio, The Goon Show, Armchair Theatre. Was that on the TV or the radio? I used to like, a, there was a play, a radio play, sometimes in the evenings on the BBC Home Service. I'm not sure whether that was armchair theatre or whether that was the TV, but the plays, the radio plays, were fantastic. And I still listen to some of those these days. You can find them. You go online, you can find the old radio plays, Sherlock Holmes, um, 
Dick Barton. Do you remember? I'm going back now. I, I don't remember Dick Barton. Not at the time. I've heard them since, but going back a long way now. Another TV one was uh, Tales of the Unexpected. I used to think Arthur C. Clarke had written that, but I think it was Roald Dahl, wasn't it? I can't remember. Another one I'll have to look up. So, yeah, fantastic looking back at the old TV and radio programmes. Of course, people used to go to the cinema, didn't they? Before, well, in the 50s and 60s, of course, but before they had TV in the home, going to the cinema was the only form of watching moving pictures, I suppose, that they had, didn't they? You know, they, it must have been fantastic going along to the, the pictures and seeing a film, a, a feature film. must have been fantastic in those days. People would look forward to it. I remember a lot of people saying, oh, we're going to the cinema this weekend to see whatever. I didn't like the cinema too much because it was, I don't like being surrounded by people coughing and spluttering all over me. <laughs> but there we are, that's just me. Right, what's on my list here? I've heard from Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hope you're feeling better. Heard from Ellie. What did Ellie say? I can't remember what that one was. Oh, here we are. Yeah, she just says, <laughs> it's raining here. It's raining here as well, Ellie. So thanks for letting me know. You don't say where you are. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Liverpool. Ah, Liverpool. Lovely. Lovely part of the country. I have been up there, but that was many, many years ago. And of course, that's where the Beatles come from, isn't it? So Liverpool is famous around the world. Email here from Ed. Hello, Ed. Haven't answered yours yet. I'm about to do that. You're on the list. I'm slowly getting through the emails to answer. He says, do you remember the programme where the BBC used to read out complaints from viewers and listeners? I do. I do. I forget what it was called. But yeah, people would write in or, or whatever and complain. And I remember news readers, if a news reader's on the telly, on the BBC, and his tie was slightly crooked or his hair was out of place, they'd get complaints. Dreadful. Having a chap on the BBC, reading the BBC news, don't you know, with his tie crooked, or oh, awful behaviour. People used to write it. I mean, what sort of lives did they have? Writing in and complaining about someone's tie was crooked. I don't know. There we are. Anyway, I'm just looking at your email now, Ed. I shall answer that in a little while when I finish the podcast. Oh, this is yes, it's about finding a radio dumped... Uh, got it working. Then a few weeks later, we found a record player. Yeah, I, there were things thrown away back in those days. People would chuck stuff out. I don't, well, they do now, don't they? But things thrown away these days aren't repairable. But back then, you'd go down the rubbish tip, you'd see all sorts of stuff that was chucked out that was worth having. As I've said before, I used to nick it and take it home. The slogan, make do and mend, that was the wartime thing, wasn't it? Make do and mend. And I think as the, the 60s, well, the 50s, 60s, especially the 70s came along, people didn't want to make do and mend. They wanted new stuff. They didn't want an old record player that was all tatty repaired. They didn't want that repaired, tatty old thing. Go and buy a new one. And I think that's why some of this stuff was chucked out. It must have been awful with the rationing and everything in the early 50s after the war, the rationing having to make a, a dress out of a pair of curtains. You know, this is what the women did, wasn't it? Or make a, a I don't know, a skirt or something out of a tablecloth. <laughs> I mean, hey, I laugh now, but back in those days, it was serious, wasn't it? They couldn't go and buy a new skirt or a new dress. You have to make your own. And in many ways, that was, well, not a good thing, but a good thing to learn how to make your own clothes. Of course, these days, no one bothers to do that, do they? Talking of make, do and mend and saving money. 
price of food, everything is going up in the shops. What was it Trish said the other day? Salt was normally, I don't know, 60p or something. It's now 120. It, that was Saxa salt, I believe. There are cheaper ones, but doubled in price. And we don't use a lot of salt, fortunately. I don't put salt on my meals or anything like that because apparently it's not good for you. But uh, we've got a mini budget today, apparently, this morning, a mini budget where we're having help with you know, tax and whatever. Bank rate's gone up again. Another three quarter percent, was it? I forget what it is now. So those with mortgages will have to pay more and those with savings will receive more interest on their savings. Money begats money, doesn't it? If you've got money, you can make money. If you haven't got money, you're stuffed, basically. I know someone, their rent's gone up. Uh, did I mention this before? Rent's gone up £200 a month. You know, it's £50 a week. I mean, to some people, that's not a lot, but that is... To others, that 50 quid a week, that's a lot of money, plus the food going up. Petrol is beginning to come down. The cheapest I've seen it now when I've been out and about was 161 a litre. So there we are, those of you in America, work that out, 161 a litre. You'll probably say, stunner, <laughs> because I know petrol is cheap uh, where you are in the US. Don't know about other parts of the world, what's it like in Australia, I wonder, and Spain, everywhere else. I've never driven down to Spain. I've driven in France. I've driven across to France. Uh, well, yes, I did drive in Spain. We hired a, a car, that's right, but I can't remember what the petrol was. No, what I meant was I've never driven from here. My brother-in-law has. He's driven from here right the way down to southern Spain and back. I don't think I'd like to do that. Well, possibly. I mean, that was a few years ago, possibly when I was younger. But certainly not now. These days, I can't be bothered to drive a couple of miles. The traffic is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Mother-in-law, she lives, oh, what, three miles to the west of us? Nightmare. Trying to get to her. There's roadworks. Well, in fact, there's roadworks everywhere. I think I told you, we went to Shoreham a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago. It took an hour from here to Shoreham Airport. I think I said, didn't I? Have a look on the map. An hour. Queues of traffic. Just gridlock. An hour to get to Shoreham Airport. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's a sort of 10 minute journey or certainly no more than 15 minutes. We're off to Bournemouth next uh, next week. Well, I forget which day it is. We're only going for a couple of nights to Bournemouth. So I'm hoping that, uh, well, hoping several things. First of all, I hope it doesn't rain. Secondly, I hope there aren't too many roadworks and traffic jams everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Normally the, what is it, the M27, we go on the A27, then it becomes the M27 down to the West Country. Normally it's pretty good unless there's an accident and then the queues can just be miles long. I like going down that way. I like the New Forest. Have you ever been to the New Forest? Our plan is we're going to take off after the school runs have finished, about nine in the morning. If you leave before nine o'clock, forget it. The school runs. Why? Does everyone have to take their child to school in a car? No one took me to school in a car. I either walked or went on my bicycle. And that was well over a mile away from where we lived. I've heard people say, oh, when I was a boy, I had to walk five miles to school and five miles back in the snow in blizzards. <laughs> but it's true. Some people did have to do that in the very, very old days. So we're going to leave just after nine-ish when the school trips are over and stop in the New Forest on the way down. 
Look at the new forest ponies. Have a spot of lunch, don't you know? Rather good cucumber sandwiches. Oh, it's lovely. The West Country is lovely. I shall tell you all about it. You're thinking, oh no, here we go. Going to hear all about Bournemouth next. <laughs> no, seriously, I will only give you the highlights as so as not to bore you. A friend of mine's got a beach hut and he went down the other day to the beach. He was going to sit there and look at the sea. The sun was shining, take his radio with him and look at the sea. He got there and couldn't undo the padlock. Someone had squirted super glue in the padlock. I mean, wh why do that? What is wrong with people? So what he had to do, he luckily had a couple of tools in his car. He had to lever the padlock off to get in there. And uh, he, he then had to go and buy a new padlock. Oh, the whole thing, he said it was a disaster. You know, his relaxing couple of hours down at the beach hut were just totally ruined. I don't know who would do that sort of thing or why. I suppose someone had a tube of super glue and they just walked along the seafront, squirting it in all the padlocks. Strange, isn't it? The people do move in mysterious ways, don't they, at times? I'm just looking out of the window at the flag again. It's half-mast still. I think it goes... I've checked this, uh, the, the protocol, do it properly. It goes full-mast on Monday. That's seven days after the funeral. So I've got a new flag, actually. That one's a bit tatty. So I've got a new flag, and that will be raised to the top of the mast on Monday morning which will be good. Hopefully it won't be raining. Dreadful things happening Monday afternoon. Oh, dreadful. I've got to go to the torture chamber. <laughs> I call it that. I made our dentist laugh once. He said, oh, nice to see you. I said, yeah, I love visiting the torture chamber. He's a nice chap, actually. He's really a nice chap. And uh, he said, what do you mean the torture chamber? I said, well, that's what you do here, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, he's pulling a tooth out. <gasps> I've got a, a back tooth. He put a crown on it, that fell off. He stuck it back on, and when he stuck it back on, he said, that one's going to have to come out. It's right at the back, it doesn't matter. I don't use it for much, <laughs> apart from chewing things, I suppose. So, Monday afternoon, that's coming out. I am not looking forward to that. There are people that just cannot get a dentist. I mean, mine's private, so I have to pay. I have to pay a fortune. But the NHS dentists, they just don't seem to be around. I was talking to a chap the other day, he's got NHS dentist. And he's had all sorts of work done. I think he had to pay £65. I may have told you last year, was it? Yeah, it was last year. £2,000 my teeth cost. That was three crowns. £2,000. Stone the crows or stone the teeth. I said to him at the time, can't we just rip them out and have done with it? <laughs> but no, I mean, one of them was the front. Oh, hang on, newsflash. What's going on now? The tax that companies pay on their profits to stay at 19% reversing planned increase. There we are, newsflash. There's this mini budget thing going on, I think. I just wish they'd put my pension up. <laughs> I've paid in. I've paid in since I was 15 years old when I first went to work. I've paid in and I get a miserable state pension back. I mean, we're okay because we, you know, we've got other stuff going on, but uh, other forms of income. So we're okay. But uh, if I just had to rely on the state pension, it wouldn't be too good at all. Did I tell you I lit the coal fire the other day in the dining room? A little bit of coal, a little bit of wood. We had a lovely roaring fire going. It was fantastic. It wasn't a particularly cold day, but I thought as we were sitting there, it was late afternoon, and we were just sitting there listening to some music, and I, I said to Trish, that's it, I'm going to light the fire. <laughs> so I did. I always have it ready or made up to go. And when we finished with it the following day, I clean out all the old ashes. 
and remake it. So all I've got to do is light it. There's nothing worse than you go to light the fire and you've got to clean out the ashes and make it all up and all that palaver. So we're going to be using that quite a bit more this winter, I think, because gas prices are going through the roof. Electricity prices have gone mental. And the thing is, now here's the thing, the standing charge or whatever it is for electricity, I think it was, it's doubled. I can't remember the figures now, but it's doubled. Why has that doubled? I mean, how, how come that's gone up? It doesn't matter what the price of fuel is. How come the standing charge has doubled? It's just a rip-off, isn't it? The whole thing. And coal isn't cheap anymore. Luckily, we were given a load of coal. Someone decided not to bother with his coal thing anymore, gave us his coal. Someone else had a half a coal bunker full of coal. They gave us that. We've got loads of wood. And yes, I have had the chimney swept, so we won't have any chimney fires. I remember chimney fires when I was a kid. There was a, a council estate nearby, and I remember going around a friend's house there. And he said, look at that. And I had a look, what, what? There's flames coming out the top of a chimney across the road. And a fire engine turned up and all sorts of stuff was going on. It was quite exciting. The thing is, it damages the, the structure of the chimney, you know, the brickwork and the cement, it damages all that. I don't know how you'd repair the damage inside a, say, halfway up a chimney. You can't get there, can you? I don't know what you'd have to do. But we've had ours swept and uh, it is rather nice sitting there. That's one thing I like about the winter. A, a cold afternoon is getting dark outside about four o'clock. It's the weekend, so glass of wine, glass of beer, and we sit there with some nice music playing, watching the flames flickering in the fire. Fantastic. <laughs> oh dear. Bring on the summer. I think one of the best times for me in the winter is when Christmas is behind us. January, we've done that. We're into February and we're looking forward to the spring. Oh, talking of February, don't I just remind myself, we've got a Butlins weekend. I mean, with all due respect to Butlins, it's probably lovely for most people, but I hate it. One of these music weekends. Oh, hang on, now what? We're getting a lot of income tax cut by a penny. Cut by a penny. Well, that's going to help us. <laughs> going to save a penny on every pound we earn. Oh, Butlins, it's one of these music weekends. And I don't know, Trish loves it. We're going with her, her sister, her sister's husband and a couple of other friends. They all love it. And I, I do. I sit there forcing a, a smile and a grin and tapping my foot to the music and, and they say, you enjoying it? Yeah, I am, yeah. Honestly, they know damn well I'm not enjoying it at all. <laughs> I think half the problem is because it's in February, it's in the winter, it's cold outside. Going from the hotel to the, the music venue, we have to walk outside. It's freezing cold, it's lashing with rain and ice and it, it's just not my thing. I think Trish, actually, I don't think I know, yesterday... She was booking something up at Butlins and I looked, I saw on her iPad, I said, what's that? Oh, Butlins in June. I said, oh, that, that wouldn't be too bad. She said, oh, you're not coming. It's a girl's weekend. It's a relief. I'm going to have a nice, quiet weekend at home alone. They do these girls only ones now. Well, when I say girls, old women. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. She might be listening. Yes, they have these sort of girl weekends where it's her, her sister, uh, three or four other you know, wives of people and stuff like that. And uh, the husbands drop them off. I drop her off over at Bogner. Then I drive back, let myself in the house, and it's quiet. 
bliss. <laughs> now here's the thing, it's Friday today. When I woke up I thought it was Saturday, but it's Friday. This retirement lark, malarkey, is all very well, but I never know what day it is. Someone made a bit of a joke the other day. I said, well, what are you up to tomorrow? And he said to me, well, if you tell me what day it is today, I might be able to tell you what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I thought that was quite good. I never know what day it is. When we worked, I worked from home, being self-employed. Trish went off to the, the office where she worked, Monday to Friday. I knew exactly where I was, but now we're both retired. I don't know where we are. I don't even know what time it is. I love being retired. I enjoy it immensely. It's not what I thought, though. I thought we'd be going out a lot more to Ambley Museum, Swanbourne Lake, Wetlands Place there, the Bluebell Railway on the, the steam engines, the uh, trains up there, which is good fun. I thought we'd be going all over the place, but we don't. It seems that they were just so busy all the time. Can't go out tomorrow because so-and-so is coming round. Or the day after that, we've got to go to so-and-so. And it just goes on and on. When uh, Today is free. Friday today, I'm not doing anything apart from talking to you, which is rather nice. Ambley Museum, Swanbourne Lake at Arundel and the Wildfowl Wetlands Place at Arundel are lovely places and they're not too far. But as the years have gone on, the traffic has increased and it takes longer and longer to get there. We used to just say, let's go and have a coffee at Ambley Museum because we're sort of members there and you can wander in and out whenever you like. And we go and have a coffee and a walk in the woods there and have a look round. But these days, what we have to do before we go there, get out Google Maps and have a look to see what colour the roads are. Oh, look, that's all red. Right, we can't go that way. It's gridlocked. We are always looking on Google Maps these days, wherever we go. Go to Shoreham, go to Ambley, Arundel, wherever we go. Check Google Maps because it might be a nightmare. And it usually is. Nine times out of ten, it's a nightmare. So we tend not to go anymore, which is a shame. Or I suppose I should say we don't go as often as we used to. You know, we were up there most weekends at one stage, but uh, not anymore. The day we're going to Kent for Trisha's, uh, she's having her gallbladder out. Let's talk about my tooth. She said this morning, I'd rather have a tooth out than my gallbladder. I said, well, no, because you'll be asleep. You know, you'll have the general anaesthetic. You won't know what's going on. I will. I'll hear the crunching and grinding of the tooth as he graunches it with his pliers. <laughs> oh, sorry, you might have a dental appointment. I better, not, <laughs> I better not say that. But the day we go to Kent for her operation, it's a train strike. The trains aren't running. So I, I suppose everyone's going everywhere by road. I don't know. We're going to have to leave at three in the morning to get there at midday. <laughs> Happy days. Oh, I really don't know. The old days on the roads. Fantastic. I'm always going on about that, aren't I? I'll shut up about the old days on the roads. But they were nice. I was just about to make another cup of coffee when I've had a, an email just a second ago from Sophie. Hello, Sophie. She says, how about an idea for a future podcast episode? People's personal experiences. Personal experience? What do you mean by that, Sophie? Let me just read on a bit. Oh, I see. Yes, in relationships. She's put it in love and lust. Good grief. Love and lust? <laughs> it's a bit early in the morning for love and lust, Sophie. Um, now, what, what do you mean here? Yeah, I see. Are, are people's personal relationships? Tears, she says. Tears of laughter, tears of joy. OK, it's an idea. If anyone wants to give that some thought, what, you know, let me know. Raise rants at protonmail.com. I suppose basically what you mean, Sophie, is 
talk about relationships, what they were like, good ones, bad ones. Did you learn anything from them? I'm just skipping through the email. Yeah, I can see what you're getting at. It's a thought, isn't it? I don't know, though. Do people want to email me with their sort of private and personal relationship secrets from the past or whatever? I don't know. If I get any emails, Sophie, and people say, read this one out, so I've got their permission, then I will. Well, what you could do, Sophie, is start with yours. You send me your personal secret relationship things from the past, and I'll read yours out next week. Right, now it's time for my cup of coffee. It's absolutely lashing with rain. I was thinking earlier, why do people say it's pouring with rain? I mean, it's not going to be pouring with tea, is it? It's not going to be pouring with milk from the clouds. It's pouring with rain. It's an odd thing to say, isn't it? I was just looking at Sophie's email again, and I see her idea. It's, I just I read it too quickly. I was trying to read it kind of live as it came through. <laughs> well, not live, but you know what I mean. And she's talking about relationships and memories of things past. Um, and she, I mean, she did say love and lust. But uh, yeah, I get the idea, Sophie. It, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if we get any response from people. But uh, as I say, start off by sending me your recollections or memories or whatever. I wonder whether you've been plagued by maggots. <laughs> Lovely uh, subject, isn't it? A lot of people have had maggots in their dustbins. You know, we've all got these wheelie bins in Britain now. We took ours out the other day. The dustbin were on the way. And we just opened the lid to check. And it's full of maggots. Oh, dreadful. And a friend of ours, she had maggots all in her house. They're up the walls. They're all across the carpet. Dreadful. And we've heard of several people that have had maggots all over their dustbins. It's the hot weather. It's been that hot, hasn't it? I mean, not now. This is going back a, a little while, a couple of weeks. And they're awful things. They're difficult to get rid of. We always empty our bin you know, regularly. We keep the wheelie bin clean. I was going to get some Jay's Fluid. Have you heard of Jay's Fluid? But it's about 100 quid a litre. I'm not paying that. Ridiculous amount of money. So we just use disinfectant and bleach and stuff like that. That's not a very nice subject to end on, is it? I'll just sip my coffee and think of something nice to end on. I don't want to leave you with mag... <laughs> with the thought of maggots. The sun was shining a couple of days ago in early evening and I sat on the patio, had some nice music playing in the dining room, so I had the doors open, I could hear that, and I was watching on the lawn. There were a couple of squirrels milling around and digging holes and whatever they do. We had our tortoise out on the lawn. He was looking at the squirrels and trying to chase them, which was funny. The rabbit was there, not actually on the lawn. He was in his huge run, so he was just watching all the proceedings. Birds fluttering around all over the place. It was an absolutely wonderful evening. Really enjoyed just sitting there in the sun with some soft music just playing in the background. Nothing loud, no Hendrix or rock and roll, which I like, but not all the time. And it was really nice. And I was looking forward to doing that again, but with this weather, I don't think I will be. Anyway, let's end it there. Take care. Look after yourselves and don't forget to email me if you have anything to say. I'm taking a little longer these days to answer some of the emails because I'm getting so many. Also, some of them are quite lengthy. The ones which are just sort of a paragraph or two, I can answer fairly quickly. But I get some that are, I suppose, several pages long. And of course, it takes me time to read and answer them. But if you've got anything to say, any complaints, 
then you want to send those not to me. That's the complaints department <laughs> at the BBC. That was funny. I do remember that programme. Viewers and listeners complaints. I can't remember what it was called or who did it, who hosted the thing. But I do remember that. I must look that up. Take care and I shall see you on Wednesday for the midweek message. Oh, and I will be minus a tooth. <laughs> oh, dad, I didn't want to leave you on a horrible note, did I? See you soon. Bye-bye for now.